welcome everybody to the RV Podcast, episode 405. And this week we come to you uh, live on location from the RV MH Manufactured House Hall of Fame in Elkhart, Indiana. We're going to learn about the significance of the RV industry and some fun stories along the way. Hi everybody, I'm Mike Wedland. This is my lifelong traveling companion and my bride, Jennifer. And a little bit of road noise out there from the freeway on the other side of us here uh, in Elkhart, Indiana. That's where we're coming to you from. And uh, we're here this week because we are hosting our Elkhart Encounter. Lots of people. We have lots of people coming. We're going to do tours and learn a lot of different things. Seminars, a driving school, lots of socialization. But the big draw is we're camped right here uh, as the very first rally ever held at the Hall of Fame Museum. And we're hosting it. And it's uh, this week. And uh, everybody gets uh, an armband and they get free admission to the uh, Hall of Fame. And it's going to be a ball this week. And, uh, in our interview of the week, we're going to talk with the uh, director of the Hall of Fame and learn some fascinating things about the industry. Uh, over Jennifer's shoulder is uh, out front of the museum. That is a 1978 Travco Class A. And uh, <laughs> the inside of it is like that. Nice, thick carpet. Not this thick. I mean, flush, gold carpet. It, you know, like you had in the late 70s. It was quite the quite the style. Um, but an interesting arrangement, and, and we'll show you some video over that as we're talking, those of you who watch the video version of the podcast. And um, we just are having a ball here, so it should be it should be a lot of fun. And we want to thank uh, you guys for tuning in. Uh, we'll do our best to control this uh, in post-production, all this noise. Uh, one of the... the um, Indiana Turnpike is right outside on the north end of the property here and right across from the property being built is a massive uh, Amazon uh, warehouse and uh, distribution center so it's huge yeah it is absolutely I, yep huge. it is I got a walkie-talkies our team is out there and I'm not gonna let them interrupt me so I'll turn it <laughs> off uh, on the thing but uh, we're going to probably come back to this place for another rally next year because we've just, it's going to be a ball. We got here last night and it rained. Oh my gosh. As soon as we got here. It rained. It started sprinkling when we were almost here. Yeah, Pordrin. We're camped in our, uh, in our fifth wheel and uh, we are pretty excited to be in our Arcadia. Lots of room. Uh, we have electrical hookups so we have lots of air conditioning. It should be fun. Um, and uh, we've got some feedback we want to do and then we'll get right into our interview with Daryl and we've got some questions for this week but uh, you want to start with uh, some I feedback. I will start with some feedback from Mary and Mary says I'm sure a number of members in your community travel with their pets. I have one strong suggestion please get your pet microchipped and registered even if you don't have a sticks and bricks address your phone number is still on file with the register keep it current animals instinctively know how to hunker down and shelter in place when scared we've heard many stories of pets found after disasters and subsequently reunited with their families our late dog was microchipped and it gave me a peace of mind knowing that if she ran out of the house during a storm there was a better chance of finding her 
And thank you, Mary. That's it. We all should do that. I uh, I thought I was going to uh, need a microchip on Bo this morning uh, because there was nobody here. Uh, I decided I'd let Bo run free because it's a huge parking lot. We were the only ones here when we woke up this morning. So um, I did that last night. And then this morning, uh, I put him on a leash because I thought people were coming. And he did not want to go back into the RV because he had such a good time last night. So um, he slipped out of his collar and took off. And uh, there's a, some cornfields to the uh, south of here. And uh, he had run about a quarter mile out of the parking lot, found the cornfield, or the, the, I don't think it's corn, it's some, some other crop. But he looked at it, he looked at me and he said, Bye. You off he went. Now, Bo always comes back after about an hour. Yeah, he does. I mean, he needs to be obedient, but he just said, Dad, I, I need to explore. So I'm looking like a dork running around with his <laughs> leash and his collar. And Jennifer came out with a, a bag of treats. And I asked Bo if he wanted a treat. He heard that from a quarter mile away and came running back through the field. And we captured him. So, uh, and also, he knew your tone of voice. You were mad at him, and I sounded like I wasn't mad at him. I think he was a Plus little. I had treats. He's a little tired of me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, but good, good idea about the microchip. Yes. And uh, here's some feedback, uh, and actually, I wanted to share this. This is, this is from um, one of our, our readers, who, and I'm not going to mention her name just for identity's sake. But hats off to her for keeping a positive attitude. You know when things go wrong? Hats off for uh, persevering uh, and moving on, just uh, camping on despite all the setbacks. Brand new owner, I can give her a first name. Her name is Susan. And she posted this on our RV Lifestyle Facebook group this week. And it was an account of her very first and somewhat disastrous camping trip. So listen up, it says, well, we did it. We pulled the trigger and purchased our first tiny camper, a 2018 Jayco J-Feather. Pretty simple, no slides, bunk beds for the grandkids, and a Queen Murphy bed. After traveling last year and staying in hotels for three months straight, we decided to see how we liked camping. Park close to home, they say. That's our advice for the first one. Just in case anything goes wrong on your first few camping trips, at least you'll be close. So that's what we did, 30 minutes from the house. We were gone five nights, and we had to go home every single day for something. The first day I was out walking around the lake and I got bit by a random dog and ended up in the ER all day long getting rabies shots. The next day, I forgot to put the EpiPen in the trailer, and we had a wasp that wouldn't leave us alone, so I headed back to get that. Third day, the grandkids forgot some essentials, headed back for that. Fourth day, the raccoons got in our cooler and devoured a whole pan of marinated steak. And the last day, one of the kids had leaned on the refrigerator and turned it off at some point, and we didn't realize everything inside thawed out. Wow, that was their first trip. But, Susan says, guess what? We loved it. It's all a learning experience. It was fun, exciting, and relaxing all at the same time, and we know what to do the next time. In fact, we have our next trip planned already in two weeks. We're venturing out a little bit further this time, an hour from the house, and we're not taking the grandkids, laughing out loud. 
Wish us luck. Well, we do, Susan. And uh, you're going to have a great time. We look forward to your feedback on that. Everything could good, go wrong went time. wrong. She has a good attitude. Yep. You know, even like last night, uh, we got here and we had a, a meeting with our team and the folks from Keystone RV who are just really helping so much. They've organized tours and helped with seminars. So we had a planning meeting set at 4.30 and we had to get all hooked up and ready to go. The rain was pouring down and uh, we had to leave Bo in the RV and the electricity wasn't hooked up. So I'm waiting, waiting. And uh, I think uh, Christy from uh, RV, uh, uh, from uh, Keystone RV texted me a note. She said, hashtag RV life. <laughs> and it occurred to me, you know, that that is part of RV life. It's part of life in general. There will be things that don't go right. And you just move on through it. And uh, we did. We got, I got the meeting a little bit late and uh, we had fun and we, I was, I was a little bad. I thought we wanted to do it outside or ask us anything live shot because it's seven on Sundays. I wanted to do it from outside, but the pouring rain was there. So we did it inside and it all worked out fine. And we get to come outside today where it is blazingly hot. It's supposed to be in the nineties <laughs> this week. The whole week. Well, let's uh, do a quick interview with uh, the uh, executive director of the uh, RVMH Hall of Fame, and you'll learn what MH stands for. What do you think it stands for? Well, we'll tell you, you'll learn in this interview, and we'll show you some of the stuff that our group will be seeing this, uh, this week. And then after that, we'll come back with the questions. So please stay with us. We'll be right back. Tired of overcrowded campgrounds, competing for reservations, paying high fees for sites? Well, ownership is an emerging trend in RVing that might be right for you. On July 30th, there's a big lakefront sales event at the Landings in Tennessee. Jennifer and I visited the Landings just west of Nashville. They offer incredible RV lakefront properties, up to 70 times the size of a typical RV lot, with frontage on the biggest lake in Tennessee. We loved it. The scenery is breathtaking, and you own it outright. It's not a timeshare. It's your property, your way. You can have your own private dock. You can landscape, garden. They're pet-friendly. It's gated and secure with high-speed internet available. There's even free RV and boat storage. It's a wonderful place to make your home base. No more calling around for reservations. Ready whenever you want. Dockable lakefronts start at only $59,900. There's financing and big discounts on multi-lot packages. For information, visit rvlakefrontland.com. That's rvlakefrontland.com. When we're asked what's the most important modification we made to our RV, it's an easy answer. Battleborn batteries. Battleborn batteries are quality, safe, reliable lithium batteries that allow us to stay out there off the grid longer. Lithium batteries charge faster, they charge fuller, they're longer lasting, they're maintenance-free, and battle-borne batteries are protected by a 10-year guarantee. Now, in our case, they just dropped into the existing AGM batteries that we have, and it'll probably be the same on your rig, too. Battleborn battery experts can get those in your rig just like they did with ours. They can also match you up with the right cabling, the inverter, the charger, the solar controller, everything. Jennifer and I swear by our Battleborn batteries. They allow us to boondock off the grid. Check them out. Go to rvlifestyle.com slash lithium. rvlifestyle.com slash lithium. 
a must-see for any RVer is the RV Hall of Fame. It's worth a trip all by itself, but if you're in the area, definitely make time to stop and enjoy. You're going to love this. We're going to interview the director of the museum. Well, Daryl, it is great to be back at the Hall of Fame, but it's great to be back with uh, all the folks in the RV lifestyle community who are going to have a great rally here this week. Yes, that's for sure, and it is our very first rally. Even though uh, our million square feet and our electric and our water and, and sewer and everything was was here in 2019, uh, we had a little thing called the uh, pandemic, uh, COVID-19, that come along in 2020 and 2021 and delayed us until 2022. So this is our very first rally uh, with with the new pavilion and and uh, all of the hookups and so forth. Oh, it's a wonderful facility. I think we should probably put our reservation in for next year already. Because uh, yeah. everybody sees well, I, I, yeah. And one of the reasons that we didn't do much in 2021 was most of the rallies that were scheduled for 2020 were were already paid for and then they were moved into 2021. So this is the first year that really we were able to do anything. Well, we're delighted. But you know, while we're here, the, the draw for all the people who are coming to our rally and who come here every day is the, these beautiful motorhomes that you have uh, on display, these motorhomes, these early towables, uh, all the way up to some of the current displays that you have. But talk a little bit I don't think most people understand how important the RV industry has been to the economy of this country. Oh, it's uh, it's huge. I think we're in the top five or six uh, economy as far as the economy goes. We're in the top five or six as a as an industry uh, in the whole United States. It's billions, and and so. Uh, and it, uh, you know, it started way back um, 120 years ago. Uh, and uh, in fact, we have a, we, we, our very first unit is a, is a uh, 1913 travel trailer. I was just going to say, that's my favorite. Isn't that the one that... Uh, it's the Earl trailer made in California. And uh, it, it, it's beautiful. I now, mean, there's one down it's there. It's being pulled by a Model T... Henry Ford, yeah. yep, and Henry Ford, Thomas uh, Edison were early RVers. Oh yeah, no question about it. And uh, you know they they went to Florida a lot. Uh, they, in fact, um, I have a home in Florida, uh, North Fort Myers, which is very close to the Edison yeah. home there, and a lot of things on display there with uh, Thomas Edison and Henry Ford and so forth. So. And they liked they. They camped in a in a early RV, right? Yeah, they sure did. So we think that all these RVs today are so innovative. Well, they are, but they're not all that innovative. For example, slides slide outs in the industry started about 1985. This unit is a 1916, uh, and it has a triple slide out. This was the bed, and you had to actually pull that out so you could sleep two people. People were much much thinner back then, weren't they? <laughs> and then there was a slide out here for the kitchen, the outdoor kitchen. And over on this side, uh, you've got storage and shelves and all sorts of things here. Triple slide out, 1916. You have seen as this museum develop into this world-class facility that it is today. What is your favorite exhibit here? 
I would say my favorite exhibit, besides being the one we just talked about, the, the 1913 trailer being pulled by a, uh, by a Model T, um, is probably the May West motorhome. Uh, May West w was in vaudeville, and uh, uh, Paramount Studios wanted her to be in the movies and out on the set, and she said, no, I'm not going to be out on the set. So they actually had this motorhome dressing room built for her in the mid-1930s. And uh, it's, it's just, I think it's a great story. Uh, and I know that we have gotten uh, several calls from Hollywood asking if they could use the picture of that as the very first time that, that this ever took place, you know, for a Hollywood star to have her own dressing room out on the site. And so it is a, um, it's a neat unit. That's probably my favorite. Now, we should point out that uh, this is a, a destination all in itself, but for RVers, you are also a harvest host facility, right? Yes, so we are. We, I think this is our, we started the year before the pandemic, so we'd be in our fourth year now as harvest host. And, uh, and it's, uh, I think it's been a real win-win uh, for harvest hosts especially during the you know the the boom that the RV industry had during the pandemic and there was a shortage of campsites and 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 so forth so uh, for a couple of years so we, we had a lot of harvest host people because we didn't charge them anything uh, we merely said if uh, you're welcome to spend the night then we would love to have you come through the museum in the morning but we know a few of them come in and they spend the night and they travel on and it's probably to stay on schedule. So uh, that's fine with us. But but what an opportunity to stay in a place where it's you've got great stuff. You've got two dumps here, I yep. see, yeah. We've got two dump uh, stations. We have potable water. Yeah. In fact, we have uh, 22 of our main power sources out here have 30 amp uh, plug-ins right on the outside of them. Maybe so, we shouldn't talk about it because too many people are going to hear this and say, we're going to Elkhorn. Well, I'll tell you what, that's yeah. fine because uh, we, um, we offer that for $40 a night. They can for actually yep. plug into the, uh, into the power and they can use the dump station for that. They can fill up with water if they, if they would like. And uh, they're starting to use, we started that last year and now it's, uh, it's, it's becoming quite popular. Walk us through how long uh, someone should budget to go through uh, the Hall of Fame uh, and, and sort of give them an idea of what they're going to expect. If they've never been here before, uh, is it appropriate for kids, uh, uh, that sort of stuff. Okay, uh, most of the people spend about 90 minutes, about an hour and a half to, to go through it and, and see um, starting back in 1913, going through the mid-80s when they started all the slide outs and, and so forth. And, and uh, once they finish uh, that part of the museum, which is about 55 units, uh, ranging in from tent campers to uh, fifth wheels to motorhomes and so forth, then they can go into the GoRVing section, which is um, new units. And uh, we've been kind of short on new units because there was a shortage of supply and so the ones that were in there, uh, the manufacturer took them out and sold them. But, uh, 
but there are uh, there are a number of them in there now where they can go in and and see new units see what's available today and the, the most up-to-date and um, and then in addition to that when they exit um, they well first of all we start out in the theater with about a seven minute video because it's self-guided tour so they get the lay of the land so to speak and, and it shows them what they're going to see besides the museum itself and the go RVing we have a supplier section where the suppliers like Dometic or Thedford or Norcold you know name brand uh, suppliers are in there and they and some of them, uh, we, we try to encourage them to make a display, like Norcold, they have a polar bear sitting there as a seat where people can sit and get the pictures taken with it and, you know, a photo op sure. opportunity. And then we also have the upstairs, which we call the Wall of Fame. Uh, there's over 450 inductees that have been inducted into the Hall of Fame. Now, half of those are are RV and the other half are manufactured housing people because the the RVMH foundation and it does not mean motorhome it means manufactured housing that was my next question because so many people say oh it's RV motorhomes uh, isn't that redundant it's not maybe you could talk about the absolute amazing story of manufactured housing and how that affects the RV industry how that uh, well they, they both started back in the covered wagon days as a matter of fact as we're doing this uh, uh, this podcast here uh, we're about to have our grand opening of the new 21,000 square foot manufactured housing museum and uh, that's as you look out the window here to the to your right uh, it is um, uh, a five-dimensional museum where the RV is basically one-dimensional. You know, they're there, you can look at them, you can see them, but it's not interactive. And the MH Museum is, uh, is an interactive, starting way back in the covered wagon days, going through the, uh, the manufactured homes of, say, the 30s, the 50s, the 70s, and then into the new ones. We actually have the three largest manufacturers of factory-built homes if all uh, donated units to the museum. We have Clayton Homes outside, which is a, called a cross mod with a garage, beautiful home. And then inside we have a double wide from, uh, uh, from uh, uh, Champion Skyline. And these are all decorated up really, really nice. And then we have a single wide, which is a 16 by 80, and that's the most popular manufactured home today that, that's built is a single wide. And, and then we actually, uh, and I'll, I won't go into a lot of detail from here because I'd like, love to have people stop by and see it because it's, it's going to be unbelievable. But as you go through all of this, you're able to do a virtual tour of the factories. And when you leave, you'll be leaving through Mars. That's the next place where we'll see manufactured homes. Right, right. and yeah. you'll actually see the, the uh, space module uh, that will be lifting off taking a manufactured home to Mars. Yeah. And, and you'll, go, you'll, you'll actually exit through an elevator that you think you're going up to get into the space module and, and so forth. So it, it's, uh, it, it's going to be quite a museum and attract a lot of people. Is an RV a version of a manufactured home? Actually, they almost started at the same spot. 
uh, back in the covered wagon days, and then Schultz here in Elkhart um, back in the 30s, the early 30s, started building what they called a mobile home, but it actually was a travel trailer. But Schultz never went into travel trailers. They stayed, at, they, they took the mobile home route, which is now manufactured housing or factory built homes. But the two industries are intertwined. They are really. Yeah. Yeah. They are intertwined. We say that the RV industry, that Elkhart is the, is the capital of the RV industry, but it's the birthplace of the manufactured housing industry. Yeah, so they're, they're pretty... So they, they, they really started here and then branched out. The, the last thing I want to talk about is, is this is not a static uh, museum. I mean, you are getting new pieces. Uh, is that what you call them, new pieces or new RVs? Yeah, new, new units, pieces, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, on a regular basis. I know our friends Mark and Trish from uh, Keep Your Daydream just donated their uh, their their bus that they uh, traveled Route 66 in a couple of months ago. Okay, that's the uh, let's see, that's the the yeah. Bluebird. Yeah, Bluebird. Yeah, yeah, the Bluebird. Yeah, yep. So, yep. so you still are getting new stuff. Yep, we we do. We we kind of rotate it, and uh, we're we're thinking about the possibility because we just we don't have space anymore. We're thinking about the possibility of perhaps taking older units and actually putting them out here in a hookup so that people could come without an RV and stay in a unit that's, say, uh, a 1922 pop-up camper and just see what it was like then. Wow. And, and so we could rotate that way because we've got 22 spots out here. Yeah. And... Uh, I, I just saw a thing with uh, with Dolly Parton. You know, she traveled in a Prevo. Did you yeah. Did you see what she's doing? She actually used to have a couple of road treks that she used too, Class Bs. Yeah, but right. She is in a Prevo now, right? Well, yeah. what she's she's done with it. Yeah. So she's got it at Dollywood, and if you want to stay in her Prevo, you can now do that. Oh. <laughs> two nights for two people for ten grand. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, so much for that so, one. Yeah. yeah. I'll take a picture of it as we walk past Hollywood. But, uh, well, Daryl, we um, are huge fans of the Hall of Fame, and we are delighted that we are here this week and can show it to our followers and our community. Keystone is helping. Uh, we're doing plant tours, and uh, Elkhart has become uh, a, a destination, I think, for our viewers, uh, besides bringing their units back to get fixed. Uh, the history that is uh, nowhere else expressed better than it is right here at the Hall of Fame. So you know how they say there's no such thing as something new? You think teardrops are new? Well, teardrops, this is one of the original teardrops made in 1946 by a company called Kit. The one thing that I did not mention on the upper floor here with the uh, with all the inductees is the library. We have a library with uh, over 20, about 25,000 publications in there that go way back to the very beginning of both manufactured housing and RV. In fact, I saw just as we walked around, I just saw some people in there. So that oh yeah, crazy. yeah. Well, thank you again for making this welcome, and uh, let's uh, let's after we get done, we'll book next year's time. So <laughs> all right, and I'd like to have you come back when we do the uh, uh, if you come back at our dinner which is in August the 15th is when we'll have our ribbon-cutting grand opening of the new MH Museum. Love, love to see it, and uh, we will be back here, I know, for Dealer Open House as well in the fall, so yep. we'll, see you, uh, we'll see you then. 
Uh, Daryl Sear, thank you again for making this so welcome. Well, you're very welcome anytime. It's been my pleasure. I want to thank Daryl Sear for a fantastic interview. He's always awesome. He's such a wealth of knowledge. Yep, and uh, you know, this is our second full tour of the Hall of Fame, and uh, we see new stuff. And it gets better. It is really worth seeing. So. Uh, we're, and we're really enjoying it. We'll have a video Saturday that kind of recaps our week here during our elk art encounter. But uh, thanks, Daryl, for uh, sitting down with us and uh, making uh, our people feel so welcome here at the Hall of Fame. All right, we come back. Your questions, so stay with us. When we're asked what's the most important modification we made to our RV, it's an easy answer. Battleborne batteries. Battleborne batteries are quality, safe, reliable lithium batteries that allow us to stay out there off the grid longer. Lithium batteries charge faster, they charge fuller, they're longer lasting, they're maintenance free, and battleborne batteries are protected by a 10 year guarantee. Now, in our case, they just dropped into the existing AGM batteries that we have, and it'll probably be the same on your rig too. Battleborn battery experts can get those in your rig just like they did with ours. They can also match you up with the right cabling, the inverter, the charger, the solar controller, everything. Jennifer and I swear by our Battleborn batteries. They allow us to boondock off the grid. Check them out. Go to rvlifestyle.com slash lithium. rvlifestyle.com slash lithium. All right, welcome back, everybody. We are now going to take the questions that we received from you guys this past week. We love getting your questions. Just uh, send them to us. Our personal email is Mike and Jen at RVLifestyle.com. And this week we have two different questions. The first one is from Danny, and he says, Recently you discussed using the tire pressure monitoring system for RVs. Which brand do you feel most comfortable with? I'm getting ready to buy one. Well, there are several brands out there, and we have no connection or affiliate arrangement with any of them, but the ones that I, I would recommend are from uh, an operation called Tire Minder. Tire Minder. Check out theirs. They have different systems available. You can get it at Camping World or uh, Amazon or through uh, RV dealers. They're really simple. They're wireless. They will screw onto your tire, just a little short thing that goes right on the air valve. And then it's a, a Bluetooth uh, remote control to your uh, to, uh, controller that you have on your dashboard. And uh, we really are big believers in TPMS systems for RVs, uh, especially when you're traveling in hot weather. Uh, the higher the pressure, the hotter the tires run. Uh, you always want to keep your pressure, you know, within just a few uh, pounds of what they suggest. Uh, if it gets uh, too too big, they they tend to blow. If they get too little, they'll uh, wear out and blow as well. So, uh, good good thing to have. I don't know what that truck is doing, but I need a new muffler. He needs a horn pressure monitoring system or a muffler or something. I don't know. That was loud. But uh, but get a TPMS, Danny. Good thing to have. All right. Our second question is from Steve, and he says, "Hey." Do you have any tips on how to unclog a black tank? Oh. I would appreciate it. Oh, well, as a matter of fact, I do. And uh, it's uh, next week's podcast is going to be, you do not want to miss next week's podcast because we are going to talk to a man who calls himself the RV proctologist. 
I'm not making this up. That's the name of his business. And he's based in Quartzsite, Arizona. He has seen more clogged toilets, uh, handled more black tank, gray tank disasters than anybody else. And he gives you some awesome stories. And he will also give you some very practical tips that are, are perhaps different than what you were told by the sales guy who was rushing you out the door when you were doing a walkthrough of your new RV. That's next week's podcast. But um, in that podcast, I asked him, I said, you know, well, you know, how do you clear it up if it's clogged? And he said uh, that what you want to do is get a hose, take off the metal end of it, and, uh, you know, on one end of it, and the other end hook onto a rake, you know, hook it in, tie it into your a hose that's connected to water, and you push, just, he said, his words, shove it down, open your toilet, you know, that little valve, shove it down there, push it around, it's rubber, run water through it, and, uh, you know, usually it's like a little uh, J-bend in that uh, in that plumbing that gets clogged, and you might, he says, you might have to push on it a little harder, just make sure it's just the hose, the rubber hose, so it's not damaging anything. Uh, he said, that's how they do it. Um, so... Don't ask me to and do it. And the important part was taking off that metal tip yeah, yeah. so that you don't wreck your pipes. And run water. And he says it's a good idea a couple of times, you know, because it's the sensors that clog up. Nobody's black tank sensor works after the first couple of weeks that you use it. And he said what happens is, you know, uh, toilet material, paper. toilet paper, clog those sensors. So uh, he likes to have, have you hook up a hose and flush water down there. Uh, some of the newer RVs have a thing called Sani Flush, which is already built into it, and that works really well. So you can try those things, too. I can just see us doing it, sticking it in there, and turning the water pressure on too high. And <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I'm going to make a video if we uh, yeah. do that. You, you don't want to try it if it happens to us? <laughs> no. Nah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, all right. Uh, anyway, be sure to tune in to next week's podcast. So um, that's how... That's how the expert, the RV proctologist, says you clear out a, a black tank that's clogged. I don't envy you. That sounds horrible. All right. We have an RV uh, rally to get to, and all of our friends look for a video, a full video on it next week, uh, this coming Saturday on our uh, YouTube channel, RV Lifestyle. Are you a subscriber of our YouTube channel? It's RV Lifestyle YouTube channel. By all means, go do that. Then you'll be notified if you click the bell icon when we have new videos. And do you subscribe to the podcast? If you haven't, you should do that. If you like the podcast, please give us one of those five-star reviews and uh, share a nice review with uh, people. It helps us get attention and uh, more people get to be experiencing uh, some of the stuff we're talking about. Hey, we're Mike and Jennifer Wendland. Thanks for joining us from Elkhart, Indiana this week. Happy trails.